This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. Hi, I'm Sophie Frymouth. I'm the director of Baguette UX. It's a small consultancy based in Europe, and I help clients and teams figure out how to do products and how to work together in order to satisfy the business and the end user and the customer. There's a designer and he says, man, I've got a lot of agile teams now since that are going agile. I got a lot of teams that are going agile. How do I work with these teams in this crazy world of incremental delivery? Working as a designer with a team that is embracing agile um, is probably one of the hardest things to do. And it's one of the hardest things because The teams have to do two things at once. They have to learn a completely new methodology with its vocabulary, its rituals, its practices, its little secret handshakes of sorts. And at the same time, you still have to deliver that product because now that you are um, embracing Agile, the company is even more looking at you for churning out something quickly. So it's incredibly hard to set up there. And I cannot recommend enough to any team hiring a designer when they're embracing agility or any designer joining a team embracing agility to just get a designer that already has worked in Agile um, so that only, well, only you can hear the air quotes in there, um, you know, the greater product team and maybe some of the management has to update. A lot of the developers know it, but the more people have worked it elsewhere, the better it's going to work. That's the first thing. Start with people who are experienced so that they can get on what is rapidly becoming a train running at high speed and just zooming through stations so you can't really jump on board. thing I've found as a designer working in Agile is to understand what really is expected in terms of outcomes of the team, not of the product. That's a different thing, of the team. Where where are eyes looking at? Where are the ears listening to? And what? how can you let the business know, the greater business know, whether it's your, and it can start at product owner level, but it's generally higher up. How can you let them know that things are either already okay, or they're looking good and on their way to being fine? And by understanding what they're looking to, what their signals will be of things are okay, we're doing this agile thing well, then you can help yourself later down the road. And typically, because Agile is often misunderstood to be faster, the one one way, not the best way, but one good way of making ground is to find out something small but poppy and design it, iterate, build it, test it within a sprint. So that you show a built outcome. Now, the secret to picking that thing is you never pick anything that has huge complex functionalities that need to plug into multiple APIs in the background. Because the design part may be short, but the implementation part will be long. Not necessarily because it needs lots of hours, but simply because it takes time to, you know, build the API, connect, test. Like, there's a whole loop of dev work that's going to make the thing look slow. 
Whereas all in all, it may have been 30 man hours, but these man hours start getting spread out the minute you start knocking on other doors. So I look at with the product owner and the dev teams, and, and my ambition is pick something small and poppy that we can deliver, tested and working by the end of the sprint. So let's look high and wide in our you know backlog, in our requirements. Let's figure out something of the product. We will use it for several things. We will use it to demonstrate to the business that we've got this agile thing and we are delivering. It may be small, but it's something. We are going to figure out, use it to figure out amongst ourselves how to work this agile thing within the space of a sprint or a delivery sequence if you're not using sprints. And thirdly, it forces us to stop the big ambitious things and start by the small things where we can all learn what's really going on. And typically, this this small thing will not be a homepage. It will not be um, a logo that's almost too small. But you want to look at a little form or a little, like some, some dynamic content that is going to show something's happening. And these things get your greater internal customers on board because they can play with it. You're not giving them something where, you know, you've got your senior dev saying, oh, look, the carrot is blinking, it's working. And the rest of the world is like, I have no, no idea what I'm looking at. And I have no idea if he's making fun of me. And I have no <laughs> idea if I've, you know, if this is worth all the money I've thrown into it. Wow. Yeah. So that's my biggest trick for starting as a designer team. Embracing Agile, start by the small things. Do not start by the big chunks. That means that as a designer, you need to work with the team. And that means particularly with the product owner, with the delete developer, and with your QA to find out those small chunks of value and get them on board. I hear designers having really good conversations by themselves with the customer that the team and the product owner, at least some of the team, could really get a lot of value out of. And so they become a new silo of information that's secondhand. Is that, uh, is that something you see too? So designers involuntarily hoarding information and insights about end users and customers can happen when the horses get ahead of the carriage. Now, part of user experience design is user research. And user research requires really technical skills. I know it sounds easy, like a lot of things, but the technicality of asking unbiased, non-directing questions, of eliciting answers from people who may not know what you're looking for and not necessarily want to help you, um, and finding the tough nuggets, it's a real technical skill. So, because it's hard work and because the dynamic between an interviewer and an interviewee is very easily disrupted, it's very easy for research to say, you know what, although I know it's great to take you along for the research so you hear it from the horse's mouth, I'm going to go at it alone. It is faster. I'm not taking you away from other tasks, and I'll bring you back the insights. So you end up with a researcher or a designer that gets out of the building for a day, talks to users or customers, and then come back, and the next morning in the stand-up says, oh, great, I've got five things for you, and he throws out five bullet points, and then that's it. Whereas 
the whole value is not just in the bullet points, but it's also in everything else that happened to research. One way to counteract this tendency of, for the sake of efficiency, um, literally jeopardizing the quality of the knowledge that goes around, is to have a proper sit down and let me tell you what happened. So when I do research and I go out for a day with customers um, or two days a week with customers, then I book the team and I say, I want you for an hour in a room. You need those insights to properly code and understand what goes on. We will save time by being together. I really mean it. I am not being precious. I am not being snooty. This is the job with those insights. And then it will be my job to make those feedback sessions interesting to the developers. It is also their job to show up and to be interested in the outcomes with the customers. I think if they're not interested and all they want to do is solve complex code problems, um, regardless of who benefits at the end of the product, um, they probably shouldn't be in an Agile team or they should be in an Agile team with a very clear understanding that they're the guy would pull out of a closet for hugely specific technical questions and we don't bother them with anything else and then we close the door and we slide pizza under the door. <laughs> um, but Are you, you talking about the designer the, of the team, by the way? I just want to be clear. It's everyone. It's okay, everyone. Anyone, you, do, okay. you know what? You do have designers that will be uh, you know, I, I still remember a team where I arrived, and there was one designer um, working in an in a in a one of the meeting rooms. And I asked the UX director, and I said, "Why is this person in that meeting room?" And they said, "Well, apparently, the, the uh, they said that they, they you know they're too sensitive, and the open space is too noisy." And I'm like, "And you're letting them get away with it? How wow. can they benefit from?" the information that's going around. Uh, there are lots of conversations right now, and I think it was started by Ron Jeffries, and it was, no, it was started by G. Paul Hill and Ron Jeffries, Pipe 10, that was just this week on Twitter, about Agile is about collaboration. Like, forget the rituals, forget forget Scrum, forget Say, forget what... Uh, mm-hmm. It's about collaborating. And collaborating is working together, for me, working together on a basis of trust. And working together in the base of trust in such a manner that the work that comes out of the collaboration makes it impossible to distinguish who brought what to the result. This is where the team said, well, I did a bit of this and so-and-so did a bit of that, but then we all work together on this. And and you can no longer unravel the individual threads from the entire tapestries of the work. That's pure collaboration. So to collaborate, you need to work together. You need to be interested in working together. And for me, that's what is each individual's endeavor on an Agile team. If you're not interested in working with other people, ask yourself, what are you doing on an Agile team? Are you just showing up for the day rate? Are you new to Agile or Scrum? Looking for a fun way to pick up the knowledge to become an Agile team? Go get the novel, Agile Noir. The dramatic novel about a project manager who needs to transform his teams to become Agile because his life depends on it. This book is available in the US on Amazon, in India on pathy.com, in China it's available on my WeChat store. Links are in the show notes. 
Next episode, we hear more from Sophie. You uh, mentioned basis of trust, and, I, and I, I wrote that down on my notes here to come back to that, because I feel like that must, there must be a reason you... Can you tell me more about that? Why is she, what does this basis of trust mean? What does it look like when you see it? 